That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone, and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. But that's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Well, testing one, two. Hello, testing. Hello, hello. Yeah. Coming in on the right one. You are. All right. Am I? Yeah. Well, how's my hair? Oh, <laughs> your hair is perfect. You look beautiful, right. sir. Oh. I don't want to hear anything else until I get that confirmation. <laughs> wow. Uh, so what's happening? What's new? What's exciting? The show's all you, man. I'm doing nothing. I, I did... saw some contributions from you in there. A little bit. You you uh, piggybacked on some of my, my things. Well, you uh, were gracious enough to start the outline last Am- week. I'm trying to be professional, and, trying to get back on track here. Yeah, and uh, that uh, puts some uh, ideas in my head of what I should do for the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it'd be fun to talk about some of the stuff that you uh, had watched. So I went out of my way to watch the same things. Out of your way. Look at that. That's well, dedication. And plus, um, my uh, there was a, a problem with my surround sound receiver. Um, Sarah was complaining that it was cutting in and out. Oh, and but what happened? You're back now. You're okay. I'm back. Okay. I'm here. I, you just disappeared for a second. For my tea. Anyway, Sarah was complaining that uh, it was um, cutting in and out, like one of the speakers by her ear. Um, so uh, this uh, last weekend, I actually, you know, tried to fix it, and I thought it was mm-hmm. a bad uh, wire, but that. That didn't, so I changed that out. That didn't do it. I thought it was a bad speaker. Swapped it out. That didn't uh, do it. It was still cutting in and out. And then it eventually died. Nothing was mm. coming uh, through there. So um, it was the receiver itself. Didn't matter what source or anything I put in there. It just, that one channel died. Mm. So plus that, um, I, that receiver couldn't do 4K. So I had um, this 4K switch box. That was only half working. Like, it would only work half the time, too. I bought it off at Amazon for cheap. I went the cheap route. So, anyways, I ended up buying a new um, new surround sound receiver. Nice. Uh, that was all 4K. So, now, when that happens, you're just in the mood to watch all sorts of surround sound <laughs> movies. So, the, uh, the Bourne series was uh, an easy pick because there's a lot of surround sound in those movies. So let me get this straight. The uh, the copy you have is is the entire series. Yeah, uh, five five different movies. All five. Yeah, it came out. Okay. I guess it came out um, when they did the last movie, and uh, so it was only a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, two thousand sixteen, and okay. it was uh, it was really cheap for all five of those movies. I, I wouldn't have picked it up uh, otherwise, but I was like, well, I <laughs> it's got. I've only I had only seen the first three movies before. And I've been wanting to see the other two, so this was a good excuse. Okay. Well, gosh, um, I kind of mentioned the first one uh, last time we did this, like two episodes ago. Something like that, yeah. Um, wait, wait, do we have to do wrap-ups and stuff? No, I guess, yeah, I guess we should do a show, right? <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to Retro Fandango, episode number... That's, that, that's how you bait them. 122. We tickled their ass with a feather. Do I have that? <laughs> no, I don't. I'm still running on this old 
soundboard. Oh. Ding, 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 ding. No, it's not on there. I put Duke's. No, no, no. There you go. Oh, all we got is Duke. Um, oh, speaking of Duke clips, have yeah. you seen his um, his action figure upload? I haven't. That just uh, went up today, right? Yeah. Um, just just a little word of advice to Duke. You might want to put some music in the background because certain individuals might want to take advantage of sound clips. And in that video, there's a lot of like, oh, yeah, talking about (laughs) tightness and looseness and stuff. All right. Well, I better uh, grab that audio before uh, this gets posted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah. Welcome to, I guess, episode 122 of Retro Fandango. I'm Buried on Mars. I'm here with my co-host at the Ramvox for Kevin and Richard. Um Let's go back to episode 120 because we had some comments on there that uh, we did not get to. Um, Well, there's lots here, but you know what? I'm just going to pick one. And um, well, since we had Bill on the last episode and uh, we did talk about him in that episode, let's uh, pick his uh, comment. Um, His comment is um, no, 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 no. And that's it. That's all he says. It was very good. Mm-hmm. No, he says, I am not a Top Gun guy. I love the flight sequences, love the jets, love the carrier, hated everything else. Would love a cut down version of the movie with just the flight stuff cut together. He put cut in that sentence twice. He's really angry. Mm. The love story is confusing. The inner squad conflict is cringy and laughable. The story of loss is predictable and contrived. And the final conflict appears like a bonus stage in a game but hey the air to air photography is breathtaking and i will be looking for the loudest dolby sized theater within 100 kilometers to see the sequel because jets real ones i'm glad you cleared that up bill we were really worried that you <laughs> like top gun <laughs> i i believe i said hey he's a top gun guy um, but I remember hearing him speak positively of the film for that reason. And I agree. The, the jets in the movie look pretty cool. The, like... the first five minutes when they're on the uh, carrier, mm-hmm. and it's just the crew, you know, doing their thing, doing all the hand signals. Oh, and you got the Kenny Loggins there. He comes in with his danger zone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's all good. I loved the that movie when I was a kid. I had it on VHS. I didn't know any better. I, you know. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long, very long time. I've only seen bits and pieces. Every time it's on, Sarah puts it on, like every time it's on TV. And so I'll catch bits like them playing volleyball on the beach or whatever. So I actually haven't seen the airplane stuff in a long time. You just focused on the Iceman. That's right. Oh, I was focused on his dreamy eyes. Hmm. Okay, well, that's it for one episode 120. Let's, oh, uh, no, 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 it's not. Uh, I, I want to dip in here and pick one out, so I'm going to scroll down. Okay. Well, and I, I see one here by uh, your your buddy Frantic Society Society Josh. Well, I, I believe he asked this question before we recorded episode 121 when we did talk about his question. Did we? Yeah. Okay, because I, mean, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> we could talk All about right, it. All right, well, there's your answer, yeah. Josh. I still haven't seen it. And I think we did talk about it quite a bit with... Was it Duke that was on, I think? Somebody was on. 
I can't remember. No, it wasn't Duke. Yeah, oh, it was uh, Ryan. It was Rocket Sauce. That's right. Anyways, uh, That's well, Josh wanted to know what we thought of Anchorman, but we did talk about it in the last episode. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I, li- I I like the movie. That's right. I remember. Okay. I remember now. The first time I saw it, I thought it was eh, it was okay. I'll never watch it again. And then the kids that I was working with at the satellite company, they just put it on all the time. And so I ended up seeing it about 50 bajillion times. And it did get better with every watch. Um, well, why don't we just continue on with Josh's comment for episode 121? Yeah, just... I was going to backpedal and say that's what I meant. Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> of yeah, course. Okay. All right, well, go ahead. You read uh, Josh's comment. Okay. Uh, I think I will never watch Death Wish 3 because the description with the clip video Mars shared is a good enough extrapolation of the movie for me. Uh, I think you, that was the all the deaths in Death Wish 3. Yeah, it was like a super cut, as yeah. the kids say. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's still wa- worth watching. Absolutely. The yeah. build-up and, and the Charles Bronson alone. Yeah, there's... I mean, you get a sense of what the movie is about, and the movie is about that in that super cut, but there's so much more. Yeah, you, the, you entire the, unedited, <laughs> the entire unedited sequence of Charles Bronson going out for an ice cream and swinging the camera over his shoulder mm. is worth it alone. I, you know what? I'll say start with Death Wish 1. They are fun, they are fun movies. I, 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 I recommend them. I, I still don't know if I've seen... The originals, but uh, yeah, I, I would absolutely sit through them. There, uh, there, four, four of them. You said there's five of them. Now the five one, the fifth one is really that's like for really hardcore fans. But I, I, I don't know. I had fun with every single one of them. I would never defend them as great movies. I just had fun while watching them. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to ask, "Have you guys seen John Wick? I am not a as big a fan as some." But I like the action choreography in it. Uh, I have seen John Wick. I do enjoy the first one. Uh, I did not like the second one. I thought that was a uh, disappointment. But I, I do want to see it again because I'm curious to see the third one. I've seen the first one twice and I enjoyed it both times. Sarah balled her eyeballs out at the first five minutes of the movie both times. That uh, did catch me. Yeah. Uh, the, I haven't seen the second one yet. It's been sitting on my PVR, but it's uh, really for reasons like Richard saying that it's not very good that I haven't got to it yet. So the uh, the first there it starts with an action sequence, and that was pretty good. I yeah. really enjoyed it, but then it just falls into um, this was kind of unnecessary. Mm. So they're just making an action movie because it was popular. Um, but yeah, I. They build the world too much for me. Yeah. To the I, point that it gets unbelievable. I can definitely see that. Because it's it, John Wick to me feels like the kind of movie that's much better than what it's supposed to be. There seems to be like yeah. a lot of accidental good things that happened in that movie. Like, it's just Yeah, the acting is pretty bad. It, it's really rough in the second over one. Over the top. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, it, it's the... When he's with, you know, they have all these like secret communications. Like, uh, I think in the first one he calls and he's like, um, I'd like to make a reservation for 10. And that's like a code for, I need 10 bodies cleaned up. Oh, okay. Uh, and then in the second one, like he's buying weapons and they, they have this, 
it's like he's ordering dinner, but he's face to face with the guy, and and uh, it just it seems really strange. Yeah. Like there's only so far you can stretch the concept. Right. And I think they they got it good with the first one. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think you're missing much. You you might have the same uh, complaints I do, but other people say it was better. So yeah, to each his own. Yeah, I'll get to it eventually. Mm. Uh, he goes on again. Uh, if you do Stranger Than Fiction on Film Dango, I would love to be on if you'd have me. I really enjoyed that movie. Maybe do a Comedians Do Drama themed month. Something along those lines. Is that the... Um, uh, who, who's in Stranger Than Fiction? Uh, the, um, uh, uh, Anchorman. Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, okay. So we can do Will Ferrell. We can do... Oh, that's the, the narration one, right? Yeah. It's okay. really good. I enjoyed it. We could do uh, Adam Sandler and Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Yeah. And no, uh, no, I, I'm, uh, I've, my stubbornness has gone up. So <clears> there <throat> are certain people I, I just, I'm done. Uh, Punch Drunk Love is good. I won't willingly watch a movie that has Seth Rogen in it. Let like t- I kind of want to rewatch The Forty Year Old Virgin, but I just can't do it because I know he's in it. Now, Punch Drunk Love came out about. 15 almost 20 years ago so this was kind of before it all became a cliche to do something really quiet in a movie and then all of a sudden boom bang like hit you with a real uh, loud noise and uh, this movie starts off it's really quiet but i didn't know that so i uh i just set up uh this was this was like back in our old house and i just set up uh the television and everything and all the uh, surround sound and all that there at uh, at my old house and uh, I put the movie on and uh, there's no like there's no volume there's nothing happening right and I thought oh man I've got to turn this up so I turn it up and then I can hear stuff I'm like okay this must be the audio I need to set it at so then I just uh, I go into the kitchen uh, to grab something to drink or something and the thing like it's like an accident it's a car accident or something that happens and it was just boom and Everything started shaking, scared the crap Shit. out of me. That was a much funnier story. Fifteen. Is that ago. is that a cliche now that that happens? At sort all of, yeah. It's, it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of something that, ha- like, you can kind of see it coming now. You know. Okay. Like I remember. Yeah, that, that, fair enough. I think that's um, definitely for um, things like The Walking Dead. I imagine lots of quiet and then yeah, just sudden for sure. Ooh. Yeah. The opposite is true of movie trailers, though. It's all like noise, 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 noise. Yeah. And then, then they, you know, yeah. black screen, or they put up some, some uh, text or something. Yes. Uh, um, what else? What, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, done. I was well. I was no going to say Josh. another uh, comedian that does drama. I guess would be your Truman Show, right? That'd be your, or we could do the Cable Guy. Although that's really a dark I've comedy. I've heard terrible things about that. Movie. I love the cable guy. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but I, I adore it. It's good times. Okay, uh, next we have a comment from uh, Nintendo Hodge. He says, I have never seen death, the Death Wish movies, but I know Bill mentioned to be... Bill mentioned to be once how they are a must-watch. I think he means mentioned to me once. Mm-hmm. how they are a must watch 
I'm going to post my comment from episode 119 because I commented after episode 120 was out. So no one has responded to it and I'm interested to hear your responses. <laughs> so I guess we should have yeah. went back to 119. Uh, funny, I was on Netflix after listening to most of this episode and I kept seeing all the movies Ramvox mentioned he watched, tried to watch. I love the idea of a movie rating system and keeping track, but I think I would do it for a while and then just forget. Um, it's a re- yeah. it's rewarding. It is. I've been keeping up on it, and it's like oh, I, I forget that I watch movies. I do all the yeah. time, and they're right there. Yeah, I'm kind of falling into that boat, Hodge. So don't. don't You're already losing. You're already forgetting. I'm already well. I- I was doing it for movies, but now when I watch other things, I'm unsure. Do I put them in the list? Uh, if just it's a television, documentary. Nah, nah. Uh, well, a documentary. Uh, if it's make... a documentary film, I would put that in there. But forget yeah. it. Just keep it just the movies, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, with all the movie talk, I'm going to throw a recommendation out there for both of you. If you've seen it, I would love to hear your opinion. If not, then please watch it. The movie is Uncommon Valor from 1983, starring Gene Hackman, Fred Ward, Robert Stack, Patrick Swayze, and Randall Tex Cobb. It is an American action film that follows a former U.S. Marine Hackman. He copied this from... (laughs) I could tell. This is not Hodger's style. He copied this from uh, the Google uh, Hackman officer who puts together a ragtag team to rescue his son, who believes who he believes is among those still held in Laos after the Vietnam War. I have not seen this. I haven't heard of it, um, but I'm going to put it down on my list. I forgot. There's also a movie that um, Creepily uh, uh, recommended to us. I can't remember what the heck it is. And we, we're supposed to watch that. I forget. Uh, I have heard of this movie, but I've never seen it. Uncommon Valor. Nope. I think this came up. I was watching somebody's, you know top 10 list of of something and this came up i'm curious now i'll need to check it out uh he says i own it on dvd and have fond memories of it although when i was a kid like maybe six or seven my brother would leave for school in the morning he was 10 years older than me and tell me he was going to vietnam oh my god that's horrible (laughs) (laughs) i would then think of this movie and start to cry and beg him not to go maybe i should have saved this for the video slash podcast Anyways, keep up the good work. Really enjoyed the last episode. Felt like, felt very ramble-like. Oh, mm. is he saying that we're copying him now? We're copying ramble, record, repeat? I think, uh, yeah, our, our style is improving now. Yeah. Up to his standards. I, I guess so. I guess we went up. All right. Is that it for... I misread that as ramble-like. Yeah, I thought that's how I read it at, at first as well. Hmm. It's also good. Uh, uh, the list uh, keeping is also good for the podcast too, because then I could just read. Well, that that's the biggest benefit for me. So I just, yeah, like you said, you forget that you watch something, and then uh, you know, you got it right there to remind you. Like I did forget that I did. I watched the the sixth day. Is that the one? Oh, okay. The Schwarzenegger. That's the one you watch, right? Wait, see, I can't remember the title of the movie. There's the sixth day and end of days. So yeah, now, the now sixth I go day to, is the um, the cloning thing. Yeah, right. So now I go to my movie list and I check it, and it says the sixth day. So that's what I watch. So I forgot to tell you that I did watch that. Um, what you think? Yeah, I mean it's um, it's Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's it's one of the. It was okay. It was it was it was good enough. I liked it. It was entertaining. I, I like. 
I really liked the beginning. I thought the world they they went into was very Total Recall, mm. very Running Man. Yeah, definitely and not. Then, it's uh, like, I guess uh, uh, a poor man's Total Recall. It, it's the weaker of the three, mm. but elements of it could easily be put into the other movies, and it would fit perfectly. So what was the I, um, uh, cheesy CG you said at the end that really pulled you out of it? I remember him jumping onto a helicopter and yeah. like the explosion in the background yeah. was. I don't was, think. Uh, okay, I, I saw that too, and I th- I I don't think that was CG. I think that's uh, old school uh, green screen. That's why it looks. Uh, so, that's why it looks yeah, like yeah, bad okay. CG. <laughs> Sorry if I said CG. Yeah, that's a practical effect, sir. Practical. Yeah. Oh, the practical effect was that creepy doll he bought. Yes, that thing was creepy. <laughs> and uh, I thought that was a highlight of the movie, was that thing. That, that was really good. That definitely felt like a Paul Verhoeven uh, moment. What, what felt great to me was at the beginning, uh, they have all this like futuristic technology, yeah. but they just find it annoying. Like when the guy's driving yeah. and the car is telling him, you know, get ready for, you know, we're switching controls or whatever. And he's like, yes, fine, I'm ready. Yeah. It's just like real life. Uh, we have all this wonderful technology, all these adva- advancements, and, and we just get annoyed by them. <laughs> it's true. Just shut up and do it, okay? Yeah. Uh, and that movie is all shot in Vancouver. And it's funny. Uh, Steve Neider pointed out a few a few places. Because it's funny. Like, they're supposed to be in, like, I don't know, this futuristic city or whatever. You just look at it. It's like, yeah, that's Vancouver. <laughs> it just it looks <laughs> and sounds and feels like Vancouver. As um, long as the Americans think it's a fantasy world. That's that's all that, that matters. Yeah. Okay. So I think we can wrap up uh, that portion of the house cleaning. And you uh, just remind everyone that uh, our uh, going back and uh, reading comments from previous episodes, that's part of our show is brought to you by STC Pod. If you want to hear a lesser version of what we just did, head over to STC Pod, where they will do the exact same thing we do, but lesser. Lesser. Yes. Um, Quick Save Club, we're playing Commander Keen. I've, I've never seen Blazing Saddles. What are you talking about? I agree about? with Richard and Bill on Is there another comment? Balls. This this would be written by uh, our good friend Duke. I don't see this here. Yeah. I thought it was hysterical when I was a kid, but watching it now, a lot of the jokes fell flat and feel childish. Now, oh, this is the film, film dangle. That's coming oh. from Duke. <laughs> childish. Also, I agree that Bill Pullman is a bore. However, there is still a lot of good stuff in there, as you mentioned. As for Young Frankenstein, it is one of my favorite movies. Maybe my favorite comedy of all time, and I think it's Mel Brooks's masterpiece, his best film by far. I really enjoyed the discussion on the film, uh, and it's my opinion that it had to be in black and white. I don't think it would hold that masterpiece status if it were in color. It still would have been great. But it being in black and white definitely was a great decision and added to its timelessness. I agree. A few of my favorite scenes that weren't mentioned when Gene Wilder was using the corpse's arm when talking to the cop. The there, there, I touched my food, are you happy scene? Yeah. And the character's choking scene uh, when they were doing charades. Yep. Uh, Gene Wilder is a comic genius and one of my favorite actors ever. This was a great episode and it was nice to hear Bill's insight and opinion on these films. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not falling for it. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna be like all you 
wannabe posers are just knocking the Bill Pullman to knock them. perfectly watchable as it is. It's just if you it's okay to enjoy stuff for children once in a while. Knocking it just to knock it. Knocking it just to yeah. knock it. Uh, you you got to have a few favorite children's films that you still enjoy, right? Yeah. Yeah, space balls isn't isn't on isn't one of them. Well, no, no, half of it isn't. The other half, you know. Um Nintendo Hodge again comments. Home the desert. Says, love me some Mel Brooks. Home the desert. That's yeah. funny stuff. Yeah, we ain't right. found shit. You know that was Tuvok, by the way, right? The we ain't found shit. Really? Yeah. Get out of here. That's Tuvok. AKA oh, Tube Sock. From Voyager. <laughs> from Voyager. Oh, boy. You can't watch the clip now. We, ha- we, we have uh, a comment from Haji to, uh, to read. He's going right to YouTube and watching the clip. You can't, you can't that help is a, Well, he's, yeah, he's got that giant helmet on, but yeah. wow, hey. That's him. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Haji says, I love me some Mel Brooks. I've seen and love all three movies talked about. So many classic scenes and lines between all three. I don't get all of the Spaceballs hate from Bill and Richard. I'll tell you what it is, Haji. They just want to be cool. They want to, yeah. they want to seem to be cool. That's it. You know how it is like when something's really popular and then it's been popular for a while and it's like, uh, like all these guys just come out of the woodwork and they're like, hey, you know what? That wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. That, that's, that's Bill and, and Richard. Uh, they both said they liked there's it. Not, there's not hundreds of YouTube channels dedicated to nostalgia. It's all nostalgia. I love my nostalgia. And uh, they both said they liked it, and they bashed it the whole episode. That's what, that's what I mean. They they secretly love it. They all have like their own copies. That I they used to love it. it. I used to watch it they all the time. It. They love and it. Yeah. They just you watch uh, it enough, you realize, hey, the humor doesn't stay with you. This is, this is what posers do, man. Oh, yeah, I used to wear that Guns N' Roses shirt, but now they're not cool. I wear a Nirvana shirt now, because that's what I'm into. Freaking posers. Okay. Uh, I would rank them as Spaceballs, Blazing Saddles, and then Young Frankenstein. I don't know if I would go in that order. He said, but I would also shimmy Robin Hood Men in Tights after Spaceballs as my second fave. Wow. See, see, now. I haven't seen Robin Hood. You're still going to take that opinion? I still haven't seen Robin Hood Men in Tights in a long time. It's been a very you long time. watch that movie and then tell me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I only watch movies with uh, exquisite surround sound now. I can't bring myself to. <laughs> it, it needs a, a seven point one surround sound master remaster. Oh, they gotta have that for that uh, the Men in Tights song. And I do remember them. Uh, with the ch- walking over the like, there were all these uh, prisoners were like kept underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were it was like a, a cage that was in the ground, and so the, right. the when they'd walk over it, the guards would like throw ch- like smash this chain on it's the like on whipping the, yeah. At it, yeah, so that like their hands would go underneath. So the guy goes over, and then their hands come up, and they're all giving him the finger. I remember that. I think that's the highlight. That was funny. Uh, oh, and uh, Hodge wraps it up by saying, uh, oh, I know all three would disagree with me there, but a lot of nostalgia there for me. Keep firing assholes. I think that's directed at us. At YouTube. As like... You. At, at the, no, no, no. Yeah, I think Bill. that's directed as Fandango. As like, hey, that, that's like... Keep firing What he means is like, yeah, keep going Fandango. All right. 
Yeah. I think that's just uh, I'll, I'll that'll be our it. new tagline. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, those are the signs people will hang up when they come to the stadium to see our show. Keep firing assholes? Yeah. I could live with that. Yeah, I'm fine with it. That, that's what shot down the plane. and crashed the plane. Keep firing from the assholes. <laughs> um, hey, just piggybacking on the Mel Brooks stuff here. Mm -hmm. I think I was still in a silly mood. I just want to mention this before I do our, our Jason Bourne thing. I watched um, Monty Python, Almost the Truth. Okay. Is that the one you saw? Um, I don't know. I, I've anyway, seen it's a, a few. Si it's a six-part uh, documentary series. Uh, like uh, six one-hour-ish uh, episodes. Um, and it goes from the very beginning. Uh, it's got interviews with all the surviving pythons and you know a lot of people that were also involved in, in their productions and some childhood friends and school friends and uh, Graham Chapman's partners in there to uh, talk about like his stuff. And it just covers their whole life. Like from from childhood, their school years, their influences. Like they used to listen to all these different comedic radio shows because mm -hmm. they were like the pre-TV generation. And it follows them, you know, getting into the business and uh, them meeting up and then doing the TV series and the films. And it goes all the way until, you know, uh, Graham Chapman's death and his alcoholism and, and talking about that. And it, it's really well done. It was very entertaining, and I recommend it to anyone who uh, is interested in uh, the Pythons. Was this on Netflix really good. as well? It's on Netflix, uh, and uh, Meaning of Life is on Netflix now, which is really annoying me because it wasn't available back when we did it. Mm. Now it is. But uh, it, it also makes me want to rewatch that last film and you know pick out the, the better parts of it and kind of uh, view it from a different angle. In fact... Um, the editor of that film was in there and he said he thought originally it should have ended with that Eric Idle clip. Uh, uh, like when he tells you the secret of life, the meaning of life, yes. and then walks off to the distance. Right, yes. He said that was the original plan. Oh, really? For whatever reason, it, it went off in a different way. Huh. Well, that's cool. But yeah, they, they mention a lot about why that film didn't quite take off and, you know, their attitude towards making it and everything. So it's it's really insightful. Yeah. It it's I mean, look at look at us. Like we used to do YouTube videos or whatever, and then you just kinda get like I'm not gonna do this anymore. You wanna move on to things yeah. and that. And that's pretty much what all these guys struggle with, right? It's like they're ready to move on to something else. They did that for ten years, even longer, you know, and I don't know. They're getting offered money to do other things, other projects. You just want to do other things. So mm. I get it. I respect it. Yeah. And they also mentioned that, you know, they weren't like, like best buddies doing it, you know? Yeah. You, you know, they would do it. They had their own private lives still. And they talk about how, you know, they got along, but sometimes they didn't get along. And, you know, it was what it was, but they, they still have other things. So. That's the Flying Circus was supposed to be a bridge to other projects that they had on the go. Like they just, there were a bunch of guys that were like, okay, we have this free time in our in our schedule before our other projects begin. Uh, let's mm -hmm. just get get together and do the Flying Circus. Because they would do that, like they were on other shows. Like half of them were doing a kid's show in the morning. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, uh, Cleese and uh, Chapman were writers on, for uh, Marty, uh, Marty Feldman. Um, mm -hmm. 
and uh, I think there was like your show shows, and I don't know. There was a bunch of other things. There's not some like news kind of show called not the six o'clock news or something like that, or I, I can't remember the, the titles. I'm bad with it. But they were all doing all sorts of different shows, and they just got together to do Flying Circus, and then it 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 took off. It was on at like the worst time slot too. It was like eleven o'clock at night or something, um, when people were still out at the pub or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, it ended up taking off, and it's just one of those things, right? I think mm-hmm. even Eric Idle said uh, he said it was it was kind of like uh, you know if they knew that the the Flying Circus was going to take off like it did, they would have probably done a better job at the at the start. <laughs> you know, like they were just doing the show that they thought no one would watch, kind of thing. Mm. Uh, all right, we have to do the the other part where we say uh, check out the Quick Save Club. Who's playing Commander Keen? Uh, all right, I'm um, playing. Uh, yeah, Commander Keen. I, I finished the the first episode. It was good, so I'm mov- moving on to episode two now. Mm-hmm. Cartridge Club is playing Chrono Trigger. I helped Duke out today find a copy of it on the Apple Store. Playing on the iPad. Yeah, he's playing it on the iPad. So there you go. That was my contribution to. Uh, the Chrono Trigger. Yeah, Chrono Trigger is a fun game. I liked it. How long do you think Duke is going to last? Well, I think he did play one of the Final Fantasies all the way through, right? He even did a review of it and all that. So mm. I think he should enjoy this game. It's For me, it was like uh, it was like an RPG light. Like, you didn't really need to think too much about, oh, I need a mage here and I need to put this spell together and all that. It was a little more story-driven, I found, anyways. Uh, CC Portable is playing the AVGN game, which I played on the PC. It's much more fun on the PC. But they're playing it on a 3DS, I guess, or something. And um, RF Gen is playing a game called Dang Gang Ropa 2, Goodbye Despair. Gang Bang Ropa? Who's Ropa? Let me tell you. Talk about your clickbait title right there. <laughs> All the dang gang ropa people are just clamoring for that, this to happen, I guess. I don't know. I've never even heard of this thing. Not even sure what it is. It uh, it seems like rare and expensive. That's When I see a title like that, I think, oh, that's an expensive game that I'll probably never play. But I don't know. They, must know. they must know what they're doing over there. So there you go. So if you're oh. a dang gang Ropa fan, head over to RF Gen and let them know. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. You want to talk about some games you beat, or do you want to talk about uh, the Born stuff? Or what do you want uh, to do? Oh, let's do the Born thing before I forget. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. I I, uh, I watched them all. Uh, all this week Uh, every night came home and Sarah and I watched them I'd Mm -hmm. seen the first three before but I had not seen the the latest two the one that came out in 2012 and the other one that came out in 2016 Um, I enjoyed them all they do get a little there's a bit of a formula that they follow that kind of gets a little formulaic after a while like Mm. it kind of kind of repeat of the things over but overall I enjoyed and I enjoyed them all for what they were Mm-hmm. I don't know. What did you think of that? That's board? it. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. What else do you want me to like say? A bigger. I don't know. <laughs> you just watched an entire film series. Yeah, I enjoyed them all. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's really all I could say. I mean, I. I, I I'm hoping you. You re- better have a splashy thumbnail for your internet review. Ah. Uh, you would like wide mouth. Like, oh, oh my god. Lord. 
you yeah. know, reenacting one of the Jason Bourne yeah. poses. It'll be a uh, James Bond fan watches Bourne movies for the first time. <laughs> That'll be my hook. Um, Just put some red arrows in there. Uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll revisit what I said before. I really like the first one. I yeah. think that one's perfect. Um, the second one, um, there was one scene that kind of uh, tainted my image of it. There's a fight scene between Jason Bourne and another one of the agents or whatever they're called, uh, the trained assassins. Mm-hmm. Uh, And in that fight scene, the editing is like that super fast, just cut, 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 cut. And that's what I remembered most. But watching it this time, the rest of the movie is perfectly fine. But there are just a couple of action moments where they do that super speed editing. And it makes me nauseous. I don't like that. But the the rest of the film was uh, pretty darn good, even though it was unnecessary. Uh, I think it told its story well. And a lot of the characters were interesting and... um, uh, still very intelligent, a lot of intelligent uh, actions going on. In fact, uh, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he is trying to figure out where this um, CIA agent is, Pamela Landy. Yes. And he just starts calling the uh, hotels yeah. to try to find out where she is. And it made me realize that, you know, in when you uh, are watching Batman and then Batman suddenly appears and you're like, wow, how did he do that? You get to see Jason Bourne do that. That's true. And there's yeah. nothing fancy about it. Yeah. It's just it's it's done in a way that it's still kind of improbable, but it's totally possible. Yeah. Where he's just making phone calls and getting information and then he times his phone calls to produce a busy signal and he's just observing details and he gets the information on where she is. He's able to track her down. And it's it's done in a way that you could say, hey, this is kind of realistic. And it's it's again, it's stuff that I, like you wouldn't normally think of. Right. I think in most movies they'd have some sort of high tech device of like, oh, I'm tracking her by her uh, blood count or blood cells or something. And no, he just makes phone calls. Or like you said, not even like be like Batman, not even bother to explain it. You just buy into the fact that he knows what he's doing and that's how he tracks down yeah, this person. It's just yeah, he just has the stigma about him of yeah. being this. And if they did that with the Jason Bourne character, they could probably get away with it, but it's so much more satisfying to see him go through that step by step process. Yeah. And they do and, they're pretty consistent with that throughout the films. Like there's numerous examples of that happening. Uh, like like I mentioned before, him grabbing the uh, the uh, fire exit map off the yeah. wall, so he knows where the exit is in the building. Whereas, like in any other movie, you wouldn't think of that. You would just like the guy would just know how to get yeah. out of the building somehow. Yeah. Again, in the first movie, there's a scene where they're in a house later on, and he's going through the drawers and he finds shotgun shells. Right. And then he he just you know you know you don't see him frantically looking for a gun. He just looks at the shells. And in his head, he's internalizing this. You can realize he knows what kind of gun it would be and how big the gun would be. So he just like looks around the room and then immediately reaches up on a shelf right. and finds the gun Yeah, because that's the most logical place it would be. It's, right. it's little things like that. It's done well. Um, also in the second movie, you see a, a pre-fame Carl Urban, a young Carl Urban yes. as the, uh, the villain. Yep. That, that was okay, a, was that the second or the third third one? That's the second one. Okay. Yeah, that's a one uh, disadvantage. He's like a Russian of, guy or something, right? That's the one disadvantage of watching all these movies back to back is you get confused of which movie, whatever yeah. happened in. Um, so the second yeah. one I thought was still really good, but the third one is where, like you said, the 
the formula yep. kicks in. I mean, it was even like I, I'm not sure how much they were doing it on purpose, but in the first movie, like they he goes in hiding with his girlfriend, and as his girlfriend goes mm-hmm. in hiding, she dyes her hair black. She cuts it short. Yeah. The exact same thing yeah. happens in the third movie, and it's kind of like, are they yeah. doing this on purpose or not? I can't, I couldn't tell. Yeah, if it's like, is it an homage or something? Right, but yeah. no, it just felt like I've seen this in this series already, so get a new trick. Also, the, the Julia Stiles character, there was a reason for her to be in the first one. The second one, there was still a valid reason because the agents pulled her in because she was associated with the case. Right. In the third one, he just bumps into her because mm. she's been reassigned. It's like, oh, okay, now you're in this city too. So it it really starts to feel like they're just all the intelligence and the precision of the first movies is kind of being replaced by happy coincidences and luck. Yeah. Um, so the the start of the third one, there was a really good sequence where he's with the reporter. And, and they're doing the stuff on the phone and he's trying to guide him through the airport or wherever they were. Mm-hmm. And that was like you said, it's, it's, you know, you see more of the thinking process and how he can actually pull this off of like slipping him the prepaid phone and guiding him through. But a lot of the other parts of the movie just felt like, okay, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. We've seen all this. And the, the third movie overall was just kind of confusing because the second film they have their climax and then there's like a final epilogue scene. Mm-hmm. And this third movie takes place between the climax of the second movie and goes up to that epilogue scene yeah. and kind of ends shortly after. Yeah. And then to make it even more confusing, the next film legacy yeah. also takes, takes place, place the during <laughs> the events of the third film. And they're constantly referencing Jason Bourne and what's going on with him. Yeah. At the same time of doing a separate storyline with a separate set of agents that aren't involved with Treadstone. It's this other agency and another program and they're on medication. And I don't know, you say you enjoyed that for what it was. I found that one to be a total bore. I, uh, I f- that, that, that was a steep dive. The, for, the fourth one? The Jeremy Ren- Renner, Renner. Renner, Renner one? See, I, thought, I, thought that was, I thought it was really clever in the third one where you... you watch half the movie and then all of a sudden you're at the end of the second movie it it was it was interesting thinking about it afterwards like i was trying to piece it together and then the the only thing is that when it ends it's again it comes back into just basic action where now he's meeting face to face with the pamela landy character right and they're kind of helping each other that felt sloppy it didn't feel as tight as the uh, first two films were, it just started to get very generic at that point. Yeah, and I, the whole I, the whole thing at the end of like him, like what what did he learn about himself that he volunteered for the program? That that's the big reveal. Pretty it's much, not like, yeah. He's basically well, like, why did you do this to me? I never really had that in, feeling that he was brainwashed like without his consent. I always figured he was actively, you know, involved in the program. Well, it was, uh, this third one was supposed to be his, first of all, it's called the Bourne Ultimatum. Mm. And I don't know what the ultimatum was in the movie. <laughs> like, the first one's called the Bourne Identity. It sounds cool. Right? So the Bourne Identity. match the other titles. Yeah. The Bourne Identity was that he is trying to find his identity, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. The second one's called the Bourne Supremacy. Yeah. 
And he has a choice where he could go down the road of going back into the CIA and just becoming that assassin killer that he wants. But the supremacy part is that he becomes a better, like better than what he was before. He becomes a better person. He goes, he tracks down the daughter of the family that he killed. He, he did not need to do this because the word, the story was, is that they had uh, committed or his wife, this guy's wife had killed him and then she killed herself. Right. And he goes out of his way to track down the daughter and tell the daughter no, this, that's not what happened. I'm the assassin that, that killed them. And I feel like as if you need to know that. And that was something that he didn't have to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I thought that was a great, like, but then in the ultimatum, yeah, like, what was the ultimatum? I, I don't, I, yeah. I don't know what it was. It also opens up the scene. There's a scene early on where he's sitting in a room, just like he did at the end of the second movie. And I thought it was the same room. I thought he was waiting for the, that, uh, girl yeah, to come in. Yeah, it was a little confusing. Yeah. But then it was, it turned out, I guess it was the brother of the girl he was in, Marie, the girl he was involved with. Yeah. So he's explaining to her, to him, that she was killed at the beginning of the last movie. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, I, I was totally confused by a lot of that. And yeah. then there's a lot of jumping through windows and rooftops and now, if they, yeah, because even then, like by the by the time they get to that action scene in the third movie, it's like they're they're all running across this city rooftops, and they somehow all manage to find each other. And yeah, they were, there, there's it, running it, on it rooftops gets, in all the it, movies. It gets, a lot, it gets sloppy. That's part of its uh, its thing. It, it now uh, I will say like a problem I had with with all the movies is that um, the act the action is always zoomed in a little too much. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm used to '70s action, and '70s action like they're they're the cameras are far back, and it gives a lot. There's a lot of room for the cars to breathe as they're driving really fast through the the scene. You know, like, there's just lots to take. Like you can you can just sit back and relax as you watch the cars. You know, zoom by. To me, it's still exciting. It's still fun. It's still good. And in 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 these modern movies, I still like them. I still enjoy them, but. I just wish that they would just zoom the camera out a little, just move it yeah. back a little bit, do your shaky cam and all that, but just move it back a little so I could see what's happening around the car because I find it it's just like you're you're just right there in with all the characters in the car and it's just a little too much. I, I want to see the car. I want to see the car do yeah. the tricks. You know what I mean? When they zip I around the corner. I believe what they're attempting to do is to put you in the scene. Like if you were there, that's what your POV would be. You'd see the gear shift that close. It's too and, much. You know, it's too much. I want yeah. to see the car. I, like I, I love like in the set, like on those seventies, like watching the cars. Like you know, they're on their their you know their springs and their when they when they would turn a corner, like the whole car would lean and all that stuff. Like that's stuff I want to see. You know. It's like jets. If you're watching jets, you want to see the jet like fly through space. You don't want to be in the cockpit the whole time with a shaky camera on on the the pilot the whole time. You know, I wanna I wanna see more of the that action. So that's one complaint. More coverage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still enjoy the uh, car chase from the first one. Yes. I like uh, the build up to it. That was the mini coupe one. Car, yeah. Change your oil and you know yeah. putting belts on. Uh, but yeah, overall, uh, zoom out and um, let let that shot hold for a second or two and he always uh he always beats up people with different things like that's one thing i kind of like with like just whatever's lying around he kind of sort of, yeah he yeah. kind of gets Anything in a fight can be with a weapon uh like the second movie that's one where he beats up a guy with a rolled up magazine 
The guy yeah. just has a knife and he just rolls up a magazine and kicks the snot out of him. And then yeah, the third roll, one... Roll up a magazine and hit somebody in the face with it. No. Yeah, <laughs> no, sense. totally, it would. The other guy has a knife, but you got a rolled up magazine. And then in the third one, he has... I couldn't tell if it was a textbook or a coffee table book, but he beats him up in the shower. With the, like he, yeah, like he's yeah. holding it and he's like, like smacking him around with the coffee table book. That was, that was good times. Yeah, coffee table books. There was a towel in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was good times. But, um, um, I yeah. don't know when they got to that that Jeremy Renner one. Uh, and big drop off. Because the whole time they're they're referencing the third movie, the entire movie. Yeah. So I, I kept feeling like. All right, I saw that movie, but it's still more interesting than this. So I wish they would just show that one. <laughs> yeah. I found myself wanting to watch the third one again. Yeah. Um, but I, it was so convoluted. I just couldn't understand what was going on with the different agency and and the pills and all that. And I, I don't know. It it lost me. I, well, I think I was just getting serious fatigue. I thought I thought it was a pretty good cool idea. So the idea is that by the th- by the third movie. Jason Bourne is taking down this CIA secret um, project that that's, yeah, you know, and that it's creates making, these assassins, right? It's making news. A lot of people know about right, it. Right, it's coming out. And so the CIA wants to shut this down. So the idea is that uh, while they're shutting this down, they're killing all the other operatives that are in the program. And Jeremy Renner is another operative. He's not Jason Bourne. He was Adam something. I can't remember. He, he had a very he had a name that sounded like Jason Bourne and that it had the same number of syllables. Okay. I can't remember exactly what his name was, but he was another operative and and he survives just by chance. Uh but they But I don't understand. So it, was he supposed to be in the same program? No, cuz it, it okay. wasn't Treadstone. No, it was something else. It was called something else cuz Treadstone like, was this was like the next step in the program, right? So they canceled Treadstone but then they started this other one that was supposed to be more effective than Treadstone by having these guys okay. on on chemicals. Yeah, they were taking this the whole idea is they they're taking this kind of medication. Right. And as I understand, what the medication was enhancing their intelligence and their their physical stamina, right? right? Yeah, and that's what I didn't like, also, because yes. it, it it felt like in the first one, yeah, these were trained. You know, Jason Bourne knew how to do that stuff because of intensive training, but here is just oh, right, you take a pill and now you're super strong. Well, not only that, the first few movies, like the first movie was they're trying to kill Jason Bourne. So he's like taking out other agents and that because they're trying to kill him and he needs to stop them and do the right thing. Same thing in the second movie, same thing in the third movie. In this fourth movie, Jeremy Renner is running around doing the same thing as Jason Bourne, killing people because he doesn't want to be dumb. <laughs> he's too afraid to be yeah. dumb. Like that's what it's revealed later on. It's like, because she asks him, was it Julia Stiles or was someone else? It was someone else. No, it was the, the woman from the Mummy movies. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure who that is, but yeah, it was, well, I, I watched uh, that not too long ago. So Wise, her Rachel Wise, that was her name, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, like it, it, he reveals to her that the reason why he, he, cause he could just go off these chemicals. Yeah. He might, you know, have the shakes or a little bit of withdrawal or whatever, but he's going to live. It's not like as if he's going to die mm. if he doesn't take them, but he's afraid to go off of them because he was super low on IQ points before joining this program. Like he barely made it into the army or the, whatever it is, CIA or whatever. Yeah. 
Um, so he doesn't want to be stupid anymore. So I was okay. Like he was, you know, you know, doing the things and flying around and killing only people who were after him and that. But then when they got to uh, the Philippines and they were in this, this is where the chemicals are created, right? And this is mm-hmm. where she can create chemicals for him because they've all been destroyed. But so she can create some and the security guards come down uh, and say, hey, what are you guys doing down here? This is crazy. And then he kills them. And it's like, well, th- those were just security guards. Like they were. Did he even... kill them or did he just knock them out? There was one like broken neck kind of sound when he uh... cranked one. And then he shot another one. Just that outright didn't... shot him. Yeah. And I, that didn't sit, didn't sit very well with me because even Jason Bourne doesn't really kill too many people unless they're specific like they're really after him like clive owen in the yeah. first one or whatever like unless they're after him shooting him or shooting innocent people or, or something like that but for the most part like guards and that he always like busts out a rolled up magazine or something and yeah. beats them with that so that's another thing i liked about the, the jason Bourne uh in, in the first couple movies uh whenever like he finds himself being flanked by guards or something like it's no contest. He he takes him down efficiently, yeah. quickly, yeah. and then it, like the chase begins. It's it's not a bunch of constant fight scenes. You know, it's it's done, and then it's like a chase scene. He's got to get out of there. I, the yeah. only time you have the fight scene is when he's with an like an equal opponent. I do like the martial arts in in all the movies. I thought like even like as good as the martial arts was in the raid, for instance. I. I that's one of my things that I, I try not to look at. I try not to see when, when it's happening, but I can't help but to see it when there's like three guys on one or four guys on one or whatever. And he's like fighting one of them and the other three are just staying there. Like, you they're, know, they're, they're bouncing. They're, 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 they're going to get in there. They're going to get in there eventually. <laughs> they're looking for an open, you know? And meanwhile, one of them could just hold them while the other one beats them up in that. And I, yeah. I've, I never saw that in any of these. Now, it's probably because they're zoomed in so tight on everything. Well, it's also, it's fast. You yeah. Know? It's, it's done quickly. Yeah. And it's efficient. There's yeah. like, often he'll have two guys, right. you know, on him. And then it's just really fast. They don't know what to expect. And then boom, 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 they're down. And then it's over. Yeah. It's not uh, just stretched out the way it is in martial arts movies. Okay. Now, did you watch the 2016 one the, no, the one that's just called Legacy, Jason Bourne. I stopped. Um, it it was no longer on Netflix for one, and after Legacy, I was like, ah, okay, I, I've lost my uh, like my taste for this series right now. So I, I might watch it someday, but um, I don't know. Just you you say you still enjoyed it. I I, I, li- I still liked it, but I liked uh, like I I thought Legacy was okay. I mean, it wasn't. It's not as good as the first two. The first two are really good. Um, the second one is, I think, is still good. Uh, I, I liked, I really liked that, like how they had it going on the same time as as the second movie. Well, you mean by the third the, movie, the third movie, yeah, like the third movie is okay. like how it goes on. Second and 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 at the end of that second movie too, how committed was Matt Damon to that limp? Like there was not one. Like he gets shot in the leg about fifteen minutes before the movie finishes, and <laughs> yeah. he limps all the way through the, to yeah. the end of that movie. Never see him like like. You know, normally you could tell, right? Like they slip up a little bit. He didn't slip up once, yeah. and then at the gotta be- get gotta keep going with the action. And then at the beginning of the limp. third movie, he, he he's still committed to that limp. He's still limping because of the beginning of the third movie is right at the end of the second movie, mm-hmm. and then it says a few weeks later, and that's where everything in between up until the epilogue takes place. Which, yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, I did enjoy Jason Bourne, but it didn't review very well. Uh, I noticed a lot of the reviews were ba- after I watched it. I thought it was okay, and then I looked at the reviews and like I don't know. A lot of people didn't like it, so I, I don't know. I thought it was uh, a step up from Legacy, but it still wasn't as good as the first two. Maybe maybe it's on the same as the third movie. I think that was uh, they they decided to give him more money than they tried for Legacy because I guess he was done with the series. He did the three movies, yeah, and yeah. then. Like, hey, let's do another. I don't, I'm not interested. So they got somebody else so they can continue the series. That didn't go over well. So they paid him a little more, more money, money to get him back in there. He didn't really, um, he doesn't really have too much else going on, though, like lately. You know, he was red hot, but he's getting up there in age, right? Like, oh, he's, he's got to be uh, pushing 50 or so. Yeah. Now, right? I mean, you watch the movie and they, they're not looking, <laughs> they're not looking like they yeah. did in the first movie. I, I imagine they just want to keep the brand alive and then maybe they'll, you know, bring on the reboot. Yeah. You know? But it still like follows like that. It's a very similar formula. There's like, there's a part where did, you, oh, do they bring thing... back, do they bring back a lot of the original characters? They find a way to get them in there. Mm-hmm. Pamela Landy nope. and the Julia nope. Stiles character. She's in it. It's just ah, him and, and Julia Stiles. She's well. I don't know if I want to. I don't. I don't know if I want to ruin it for you. Really, it just seems like why. Well, uh, okay. Whatever. And it's and yeah. If you don't like random encounter things, yeah, then that like it doesn't even yeah. They're just in the same bookstore. Oh hey. The, there's one cool thing though. Are there's you always cover in here. Have you noticed that there's always like internet cafes where they go. There's always an yeah, internet cafe where they go well, go online. Well, it made sense for the time because it was a way. It was a secure location, right? There's no way of tracking him to that cafe. So and it, get his information. in the fifth film, uh, she Julia Stiles, she she's still trying to like bring out what happened in in the CIA, get it out there and into the public, and uh, she finds like an old firewall from 1994 to get in there. So she goes to an internet cafe that has a Commodore Amiga. <laughs> and that's how she breaks into the CIA through this like a super Are there a old... bunch of retro games in the back too. There's a bunch of guys with Donkey Kong t-shirts. There's a bunch of dudes in there that look like they're into retro games, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh but there's one cool thing that they I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's something that I'm looking too much into, but uh, you know how like Jason Bourne always like they'll they'll cover they'll cover all the exits. And then he'll find a way to get through all like the security and everything. Like he'll find that he'll drive the mini coupe down the stairs and up the stairs or the motorbike through the stairs or whatever, or go down like a walkway instead of a road, right? And find a way to get around yeah. things. He does that in this fifth movie, but they're on to him. Like they are like, so it's kind of like a little bit of a refreshing, like, oh, they're, they're finally learning like what this guy mm-hmm. does and how he gets around things. And so they're, they're on him a little bit. So that was... But they didn't really hammer, like that was close to the beginning of the movie and they didn't really go anywhere with that. So I'm not sure if it was, I was looking a little bit too much into it or not, but it was kind of nice to see. Anyways. Oh, and also uh, your boy, Stick. Is That's in, right. Uh, He's in a couple movies. of them. Yeah. I, I mentioned that to Sarah, and then she was like, "Oh, that's Scott Glenn. He's from this movie, this movie." I said, "Yeah, I already know. It's really, it's, it's Stick, man. Yeah, it's Stick." All right, cool. Anything else to say about the Born? Um, no. Uh, yeah. If if I cross paths with that last one, I'll probably watch it. Yeah. And um, I don't know. You think they're going to make another one? 
I don't know. I, I don't think this one did well. It didn't review well, and I don't know if it met expectations. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that it's it's been a successful... It was a really successful uh, first trilogy, so I imagine they're going to try to uh, reboot it at some point. With, like, different actors and all that they, stuff? They might yeah, yeah. just start fresh or just get a new younger actor else. in there they don't need and to call do it this. No. the born i'm not saying they should i'm <laughs> saying it's what they will do because mm. you know we've had so many reboots and sequels thus far i'm, I'm really i want to try to predict like well what's coming up next what's prime for another right. uh, reboot or sequel what 80s or 90s ip has not been touched yet it was fun to Harry, see Harry and the Hendersons. That's due. It was fun to see like that the the advance in technology too. Like in that first movie, they're all on computers, but they're all using CRT monitors. And that was from mm-hmm. 2002. Two, by 2004, they're still on four by three monitors, but they're flat screens now. And then by 2007, you know, you're seeing like the Sony flip phone, flip um, not phones, but those cameras. Remember those flip cameras that they were using? That one guy even had one on his gun. Remember that, that, like he had oh, like right, a little, right, right, yeah. little camera on his gun. It was so cheesy. <laughs> and it's like, gee, why don't they just use their smartphones? Why are they using all this weird, funky technology? Yeah. Well, at least they do use realistic technology. Yeah. You know, they didn't have invented, yeah. like, this is top secret uh, agency stuff that only we have. Yeah, for the most part. So, again, part, that, yeah. that's what added a lot to the realism of the action. Because once you start bringing in, you know, laser guns and stuff, then... Uh, yeah, they did not do anything it. can happen. And the other thing you gotta appreciate with all the movies is how they actually went to all like like real locations to to shoot things. Like I don't know yeah, if they went I to really... like the actual Philippines or whatever, but whatever locations that they found for this stuff it looked really good. I, that's one thing I really enjoyed about the the first couple of films is like they didn't take place in America. Yeah. You know, until you get to the third one. Right. Um so for me, just not being familiar with a lot of these European streets and stuff, it looked interesting because it it wasn't the same old thing. Yeah. You know, people running down the streets of Manhattan. So a lot of those narrow alleyways and those little Mini Cooper cars, it's stuff that you, you know, you can only pull off in those environments. Yeah. Uh, you're going to, yeah, might be a little disappointed in that fifth one because he does the uh, okay. Ford Mustang. <laughs> Jason takes Manhattan. No, no, there's no, no Manhattan action, but it's just a Ford Mustang. Every, that happens in like any series of films. You get on in there. It's like eventually one of them has to go to New York. Uh, Jason Bourne hasn't the Muppets been. took Manhattan. Jason, Jason Bourne, took Manhattan. He hasn't uh, done space yet either. So Charles Bronson <laughs> went to Manhattan. He did. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Death Wish. Um, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So put your thoughts in the forums. Yeah. What'd you Bourne think series? of them Bourne movies? You're probably all lost because you watched them like 10, 15 years ago and you're like, I don't remember any of this. That's my guess anyways. Hey, you know what I did? I listened to the Quick Save Club episode number four. Yeah? The, uh, the uh, Monkey Island episode. Yes. And what'd you think? I enjoyed the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally got your George Locust joke because yeah, that was okay at the end. That's right. Uh, and uh, just playing the Monkey Island game got me into playing more Steam games. So nice. I've been playing games, which is <laughs> kind of rare. Nice. I haven't played many games this year, but then I just beat three whole games. Wow. 
All right, past, let's hear uh, two weeks. Well, I, I moved on to LeChuck's Revenge, yeah. Secret of Monkey Island 2. Uh, that game, I felt, is also excellent, just like just like the first one. So if you played that, you'll really enjoy that one. Um, some really obtuse puzzles again. Mm. A couple of times where I had to hit that H key, and okay. then I, they bashed my head against the wall afterwards. Cause, you know, <laughs> like, oh, oh, God. But there, there was one that, like, you, I guess once you start thinking too far outside the box, the answer has got to be so simple. Yeah. And like, but once I'm on that train, it's like, I can't, uh, I'm thinking in too complex terms. I can't make my brain just go for the easy answer. Mint. Where are the mint leaves? I can't find the mint uh, leaves. There's this, there's this one puzzle in the second one where you're at a door. And you need somebody to give you a hint. He, he's going to tell you the number to help you win this game. And, in, and the way he does it is he puts his fingers out of the door. Okay. And he's, he'll, he'll hold up, like let's say he holds up a peace sign. Okay. Right? And he says, okay, if this is five, and then he'll twist his arm around and do something like a Spider-Man pose. And he'll say, what's this? And then you have to give him a number between one and five okay. and and it's like i'm thinking about like all right am i counting the number of fingers am i adding am i subtracting you know i went through all like the logical progressions of how i could answer this and then like you get it wrong and then he'll do something else he'll like okay if if this is five and now like instead of doing the peace sign facing you he'll turn his hand around okay and then what's this and then he'll hold up like his hand upside down right. with like a different number and the numbers never match up. Like what he says one time it, it if that same uh, hand comes up, that same position comes up, the same number of fingers, it'll be a completely different thing. And I, I was just like doing this for an hour of like, cause you have to get it right three times. You can't oh, just guess. Okay. And I couldn't see the pattern and I was like driving me nuts. And then, you know, H H H, and then like, oh, I'm such an idiot. You know, it's just some of those. Uh, overall, I felt the game was a little longer than than the first one, but maybe I was just stuck in certain areas. Yeah, you're stuck but, on one um, puzzle for an hour. That adds an hour to yeah. the game. <laughs> uh, but some parts I, I really enjoyed more than the first game. Um, and when I got to the end, you know, uh, I finished this before I listened to the uh, the podcast, but then when Eric said it has like a really strange ending, mm -hmm. like an odd ending, that was one of my favorite boss battles of all time. It was such a great ending because I was I was kind of getting game fatigue on this after playing it for a while, and I just wanted to end. When I get to the um, the what seemed to be the final boss battle, like I was just right there. I just perked up and was like, "Oh man, this is really really good." Um, because if you remember the first game, you know, you're, you're bouncing around and you got to figure out the action to do. Yeah. They do something similar in this one where uh, normally in this kind of game, you can sit there as long as you want trying to figure out the puzzle. But they, they may come up with a way that you can't, you have to act fast, but it's not just a matter of doing one action. You have to solve a puzzle um, that requires you to do a lot of thinking like what am i supposed to do you have no idea what you're supposed to do but you look around you you pick up different items you realize okay this is what i'm supposed to do how do i do this because at the same time i can't stay in one location for too long it was really really well done 
Um, so I, I enjoyed that boss battle immensely. That, that was a lot of fun. Mm. It's definitely worth getting to the end of that game. I can't say I enjoyed the final story elements. I was a little 50-50 on that. It's fine. It's, it's, it works within the game's humor. But um, the, the boss battle was great. Maybe that's what he meant by the, the strange ending on 2. I don't know. I think some people might be um, aggravated with the ending, mm. uh, like the the uh, last puzzle, the, the boss fight, but uh, I, I thought it was great. Mm. That, that was that was just bravo game designers. That, that was really well done. Mm. Um, so I beat that, and then I went on to Portal. Nice. Which I, I played a few levels of a while back. I think it was when the Cartridge Club was doing it. Mm-hmm. I tried to play along, but for what reason I didn't uh, finish it. But uh, I played my way through that, and that started out as being like a really fun puzzle game, and then it has maybe my favorite game twist of all time. That that was really well done. Game twist? What's the twist? In yeah. The game? <laughs> I don't remember. The game, well, I don't know. Maybe I didn't read anything about the game going into it. So for me, it was just, oh, here's a puzzle game. And, and it becomes more than a puzzle game. Oh, I a see. Story. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And I, once the story I, kicks in, I was like, oh, wow, that, that's really neat. Because I thought I was just doing a puzzle game here. I see. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that. And, and considering that you don't have a voice and there yeah. are no other visible characters. Yeah. Uh, it was very well done in how they uh, told their story. Wow. I no, thought was... I, I thought it was creepy from the beginning, like right from the start. I was like, you know, yeah, it, it seemed odd. Yeah. And, and you know, the, there's the, the voice, mm-hmm. the, the monitor, the camera, whatever it is that, that talks to you and they Glados. start saying some clever things. And I assume that was just, flavor to spice up the game yeah you know okay and it was really funny yeah and but then when it starts to yeah. turn into what it turns into then i thought oh that, that was that was clever yeah i enjoyed it okay, especially cool. for such a short game mm-hmm. that was good cool uh then i also played a game called kathy rain it's mm-hmm. another point and click game uh, this one is not a humor based one like that, the lucas arts game was it free for a while it might have been. I, I bought it um, a while back. Oh, okay. I, they, maybe they gave it away for free. Um, but I was curious to play one that did not have a lot of humor in it because I, I heard this one is more of a darker, more serious story. Mm. Um, the humor adds a lot to these games. <laughs> without, without the humor, it gets a bit repetitive. Yeah. I, I have my... I have a healthy dose of issues with this game. Overall, it was fine. Um, there are a lot of things I did enjoy about the game design. Uh, for example, when you click on an item, immediately a little circle pops up, and it gives you all the options of what you can do with that item. Okay. So, you, so you're so you not like going through your whole list of pick up, talk to, push, pull, mm. trying to figure out what you can do. It immediately just shows you. You can look at it. You can think about it, which I thought was a strange one, because you can look at things and get a description and think about things, which I don't know if it really added that much, mm. but it was another option. And then whether you can open, pick up, use, combine, anything like that would, would kind of come up. There's also a nice travel system. Uh, she rides a motorcycle, the main character. So uh, when you want to go to a different location, it, you just see a screen of her on her motorcycle 
and then little icons come up of all the locations you can go to. Nice. So you can just click, like, okay, I want to go to the church. I want to go to the cemetery. I want to go here. And then uh, after a while in the game, when a location is no longer uh, necessary, you just can't click that option anymore. So you won't be wasting your time going, going to that's an area. Nice. That's that's helpful. Which it's nice, but it also makes the game a little easy. Mm. Um, some parts of the game felt really, really easy. Some of the puzzles were not that difficult. In fact, the game is fairly linear mm. for uh, this type of game. Um, and another really good thing. I had one more, but I can't think of what it is right now. But it was really good. It's a more modern that. game, right? Like it. Yeah, it was only maybe within the past five years or so. Okay. But um, the downside of the game is the voice acting is pretty bad. Um, The main character, especially, uh, you can tell she's not really a professional voice actress. Probably like, you know, small budget thing. They got somebody. Mm. Um, And she just comes off as really obnoxious. Uh, I I hate when people say things like, wow, just wow, in a response to something. (laughs) It's so it's a lot of contemporary writing. Even though the game is supposed to take place in 1995, there's a lot of um, contemporary way of saying things, and I find it obnoxious. Hmm. And her character... Uh, every, think about somebody with a troubled past. Okay. It's supposed to be like, a, ooh, what happened to this character? Think, think right now. Throw me an idea of why somebody might have a troubled past. Oh, they were abused when they were a kid. Uh their husband left them uh, they were picked on in the schoolyard uh, yeah all, all of that all that every, everything every, every, every <laughs> okay. cliche you can think of for this character yeah. that that's happened to her okay so it's like well, there you go I, I, don't, I don't want to spoil it if anyone wants to get in there but it's like she comes off as obnoxious and with an attitude and she's got a chip on her shoulder it starts yeah, and it starts off with the whole like odd couple thing. She's in college, and you know her side of the room's all messy, and she's got Pulp Fiction posters, and then she's got a Christian roommate who's all like girly and cute and everything, mm. and it, she's got a lot of attitude. She's obnoxious, and at one point in the game, you have an option of saying three different things to get you past. She's trying to get information from somebody over the phone, and I wasn't sure if this was going to be you know, no matter what you say gets the same result, like uh, some responses do, or if one of them is going to be the correct answer. When I saw it come up, I was like, okay, I know what the answer is going to be. You can either ignore what the person said because he's giving you some attitude. You can say you're going to report him for not being cooperative, or you can call him sexist. Mm. And then I was like, okay, what, what's the option going to be? So no, no. And then, yeah, you call him sexist. And then suddenly he, oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll give you whatever you want. Mm. And it, 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 it has a bit of that. It's a lot of forced. And I was surprised. At, well, not really surprised. At the end of the game, you see it was written by a guy. And I think part of that was a guy not understanding how to write women characters Mm. because it just every single cliche of how somebody with a chip on her shoulder like that would be and like every horrible thing you can think of like what would give her a bad pass like okay that happened and that happened and that happened and that happened and i don't know overall the game itself in functionality the, the the design of it uh was good but uh the story turn off the voice acting and hmm. and lots of 
unanswered questions by the end of it. It's it's really vague. You gotta leave stuff open for the sequel. That's exactly how it ends. <laughs> I'm standing there like, oh, just don't do that next time. What? There's gonna be a next time. And roll hmm. credits. If you want a good serious point and click adventure, you mm-hmm. should check out Star Trek 25th Anniversary. It, I I have it. It's on my list of uh, things I want to play coming up soon. I did play. There's one on GOG that I believe is free uh, called Beneath a Steel Sky. I've heard good things about that. I played that one a while back, and that one is a little more serious than most, but it's still not completely serious. Like, it doesn't act like it has a big, important message the way this game did. Uh, there's still some humor in it, but it, it told a good sci-fi story. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Mm. And I've got a few others that I imagine are um, a little more on the serious tone. So I'm, I'm curious to see those. But uh, so far, the results are the humor is really what uh, kept me interested in a lot of those LucasArts games. And without it, uh, maybe it was just this game because she has a, a list of like she's an upcoming journalist so she has a list of things so every time you go to a character it's like you pull out that notepad and you just ask him do you know about this 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 Mm. no okay go to the next character do you know about this do you know about this do you know about this and it just got a little repetitive after a while Mm. so uh, i i really enjoy the uh the genre i'm just looking for more more gems out there well, that's my, that's the only one I have to recommend. Star Trek Twenty Fifth Anniversary. Have I you played to... Judgment Rights? <clears throat> no. Oh, oh. Well, uh, I well, I started it, and mm-hmm. like there's like some quality of life improvements in that game, where like from the first one, like it's just it kind of flows a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. I I really need to get back to that one and and mm-hmm. play it. I, I and Ohura has her like her own. Uh, chapter in that game where like she's mm. like running the the away team kind of thing, which mm. is nice because I don't even think she got off the ship in the first game. I think she was just on the yeah on the bridge. Yeah. Well, was she controlling the bridge? Did she have command? I don't think so. She did that in the animated series. Yes, this is true. Yeah. yeah. Which all I'm right. still working. I'm working on. I'm on to uh, season two now. I, I watched get, them all. Get some good. of those in once in a while. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. I'm tempted to start up a TV series. Which one? But I don't know what I want to watch. Uh, I don't know. Uh, like Star Trek, Better Call Saul. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that I, I haven't watched yet. Yeah. We're, uh, like, that's the other thing, like watching, like it's convenient to watch movies now because we're kind of in between TV series. We wrapped up that Into mm. the Badlands and now everything on our PVR is sort of done. So if our next our next show would either be some DVDs or um, something on Netflix. We still have only watched season one of Stranger Things, so need to get on to. Yeah, three. I hear good things about that. Uh, I don't know. So far, I, I still haven't been interested enough to make the jump. The first season was really good. It felt like, um, you know, like like all that '80s stuff. Um, but yeah, then, yeah, I, I hear a lot of people going on about it, but I, it's that hype. It's like it's like when I mentioned Blazing Saddles, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, I was expecting something great because of all the hype, and I was like, okay, it was yeah. good, but you you always think it's going to be a yeah. few steps higher. Yeah. No, I I definitely get that. I mean, when I played Uncharted, it was like you got to get a PlayStation Three 
to, to play Uncharted. And I'm like, all right, I'll get a PlayStation 3. I'll spend all the money. I'll get this game. And I'm like, eh, this is just like any other game. It's okay. But then 10 years after the hype, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, this is better than, you know, it might not be run out and get the system worthy, but it's still a good game. Oh, play, you just reminded me by saying the PlayStation word. I bought those uh, Lara Croft games on, on Steam. They're on Steam, on sale. yeah. Yeah. Which um, ones? So I kind of want to play those two. Um, I, I got three games. I got um, the... Make me remember the names of these things. Guardian of Light. Oh, yes. Temple of Osiris. Yeah. Osiris. Osiris. I still need to play that. And um, the, the one you go on about, the uh, Lara Croft reboot from a few years back. I love that game. Yeah, it's a good time. Yep. But uh, those those top-down ones, uh, I played the first one a while back, but uh, I really enjoyed it, so I'm, I'm tempted to play those. That's why I asked if it was going to be a quick-save game at some point. So. It should be, but you we'll see. You put that on your burner, but I don't know if I can wait that long, so I might just I, I'm just I'm, I'm just a cog in the machine. Yeah, well, you, you convinced your buddies there it's... that like, if you put one of those on, because you can uh, play together. They're, right? they're very stubborn With over there. They're very stubborn over there. I'll try my best, but we'll yep. see. Can't, no right. promises. All oh, right, I we, also got back into Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yes. Uh, what, are you, wanted, uh, what are you playing this on? What are you playing the Punch-Out? I, I was playing it on the the arcade machine there, okay. which spawns pretty well, considering you, you need accurate timing. Now, this Tyson. is the NES version on the arcade machine? The NES version, yeah. Okay. So uh, I have never beaten it. I, I say it's one of my favorite games on the NES, and I believe that's true, but I've just never beaten it. Yeah. Um, so I'm working my way back up. Uh, in the past, I was able to get further, but I was able to go straight through the minor circuit with no problems. Mm -hmm. uh, so it goes uh, Glass Joe, yeah. Von Kaiser, uh, Piston Honda, mm -hmm. and then you get the title from him. And then it is Don Flamenco, uh, King Hippo, Great Tiger, and um, Bald Bull. Okay. So I, I went straight through the first five, no problem. When I got to Great Tiger, that's when I, I got my first defeat. And I know his patterns. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I have a hard time getting through him. I did get past him to Bald Bull, and same thing for Bald Bull. I know his patterns. I know how to, to beat him when, when he does that uh, bull charge, the bull rush thing. Um, but I'm, I'm still getting kind of stuck. So Great Tiger and Bald Bull is where I'm at right now. Those those two are giving me trouble. But then beyond that, it's Soda Popinski, the Macho Man, and then up to Mike Tyson. And I know I've gotten to Soda Popinski before. I don't know that I've beaten him. I, I've, I've never gotten to Mike Tyson. I, me neither. I, Soda Pop is probably the furthest I've gotten in the game as well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm towards the latter half. So right now I'm just using the, the code you get after you beat the... Yep. The first circuit, so I'm going straight to the the second one, going through those guys. Um, so hopefully I can continue to make progress because I keep seeing you know other guys like Duke and Matt Bandy out there posting like, "Hey, I beat this old retro game. Look at me, I'm so great." Yeah, like I want that too. Well, you want that? You need it. Monkey want see, that. monkey do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be cool. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm gonna, uh, gonna pee all over space balls and beat that's, the many S games. That's what posers do. Posers be hey. posing. Right on. I'm going to be posing with the victory screen at some point. Right on. Well, you know, you could just use the old uh, emulators and uh, do this, the, what's that, instant save, what do they call it? Save state? Use that save state. Save state. Yeah. No, nah, it's all right, because I want to get my, my skill up. 
Yeah. I really want to be good at that game yeah. because you know I mean, you, you know the patterns to look for. Yeah. I want to be able to walk in and you know be the cool guy, walk in one day and be like, "Hey, you playing Mike Tyson's punch out? Why don't I get a shout yeah. at that? Pop up my collar, turn my hat backwards jersey style." Hey, look at that. He's so bad. Yeah. Put my sunglasses on and walk out. Good luck with that. Yeah. Was that line in King of Kong? I just want the girls to say there's so-and-so. He's really good at centipede. <laughs> He's really good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll All right. Watch that again. Too. All right. I think we've talked long enough. Yeah. I think we're ready to wrap her up. I uh, want to remind people that Fil- Film Dango is happening. And uh, for the month of August, it's Action August. And uh, we're watching Dirty Harry, which I watched last night. Spoiler alert. I watched alert. that already, too. Good times. I uh, got Dread, which I couldn't convince Sarah to watch a second time for some reason. And Logan. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Logan. And then in September, it's 70s Bush. We've got The Taking of Pelham 123, Assault on Precinct 13. When I told Sarah that was the movie we're doing, Assault on Precinct 13, it's like, ooh, that's got an interesting title. Does it have Walter Matthau in it? I, I, I don't think Walter <laughs> Matthau's in it. Because we watched The Taking of Pelham 123 together, and she loved it. And I loved it, too. And the third movie in September is The Seven Ups. So I've watched The Taking of Pelham 123 before and The Seven Ups before, and those are great movies. I'm hoping Assault on Precinct 13 holds up. Now, big There's announcement a, time. I have, I have one interesting bit of trivia on that that I will reveal on the podcast. For Assault on Precinct 13? It's video game related. Okay. Yeah. Big reveal time. For October, at the end of the last film dangle, we, we weren't sure which movies we were going to do, but we figured it out right yeah, after we recorded. Yeah, we picked the first thing that we yeah. thought of. I said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do that. <laughs> so, Richard, you never get to do announcements. You get never get to I announce have. things. How about we let you announce something for a change? I used to do the announcement. I used to do the announcements when I had absolutely nothing to contribute to the body of the uh, podcast. <laughs> but you've been contributing you know, I, I all along. You Mr. Yeah, Mr. Contribute. So why don't okay. you contribute one more thing? Big For announcement. For October, yes. we will be watching The Evil Dead. Yes. The Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Is that the full title? I didn't know I had a full title. Yep. Okay. And The Evil Dead Remake. No. Get no, out of here. Army of Darkness. Yeah. yeah doing the Sam Raimi Evil Dead trilogy starring Bruce Campbell. Nice. Fandango's own Bruce Campbell, friend of the show. So... In that remake, is there somebody else playing Bruce Campbell's character, or did they like? I never saw it. I, I don't know. I, I think it's a Ash? whole new. Like someone playing else playing Ash. I don't know. All the old people from the original were probably signed on as executive producers, mm. and then it was like new director, new cast, modified new story. Ash versus Evil Dead. That was a good show. I, I'm I'm sad I, that I it went away. It was good. I enjoyed it. Was it uh, two, three seasons? Three seasons of about 15 half-hour episodes. So it's not, not that big of a commitment. And um, yeah, they were fun. Fun show. I miss it already. I see the, the pop uh, figures. Uh, I have Ash, but I don't have the others. But I see the other the pop figures once in a while. And I think, Ooh, do I want to get those? Uh, I don't need any more pops. Uh, I'm looking at the Evil Dead remake. 
plot right here, and I see the names David, Natalie. I don't see anyone named Ash. Okay. Which I that, that yeah, feels I, right. I don't think you could possibly no. recast yeah. somebody in that role. I could see them doing like you know some other people that found a cabin in the woods and found the yeah. the Necronomicon. I could see that somewhat. Uh, follow Retro Fandango on Twitter. We are at Retro underscore Fandango. Sometimes things happen there, so you don't want to miss it. So you want to follow that. Uh, the Cartridge Club's Retro Fandango is the Cartridge Club's longest-running Pure Blood podcast with its original host and the only podcast with a boner. Was that quick enough for you, Richard? That, that was perfect. That was boner. so good. Fandango boner. It's because it's, we're on a delay. And I did it this time, so I'm on a, the same delay as the soundboard. So that's why it sounds, okay. you know. Okay, well, you well, you're it. in charge of it from now on. No, no, and I'm you not, get to what? that get to that Duke video before he throws music behind it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I do, I do that. Yeah. You bite a baby. Uh, go to the forums at cartridgeclub.org. And uh, if you head over to the forums, there'll be a spot there for Retro Fandango. And if you go into that there'll be a spot there for this episode where you can tell us what you think about the Bourne Identity movies and Matt Damon and Running on Roofs and Mini Coop Racing. Ooh, run, yeah. yeah. The the actress from the, the first Bourne movie, um, she did this movie called, like, Run Lola Run. That's what Sarah said. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I remember... I don't know if I saw this or heard about this or maybe I haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't know. That was a great contribution. Thanks. <laughs> so glad everybody. Me, you know? Man, because if... uh, I, I, I'm trying to picture what else she did, but uh, I didn't have a, a big list to choose from. All these people who hung on to the very last moments of this episode just to hear Richard talk about a movie that he might have heard of. With someone who might be in it? No, I definitely heard of it. I just don't know if I have seen it or if I just saw a trailer or a clip or something. But I, I don't know, maybe like... I, I want to say that this movie was recommended to me at some point. Best ending ever. All right. <laughs> we haven't crashed the plane yet. It'll never be crashed. So, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Dango.